Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good afternoon and happy Wednesday, TCK Potters. Welcome back to the Landry Football Network, LandryFootball.com. This is twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. I'm your host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Sky Guasco. Lucas has the day off today, so we are bringing in our Wednesday guest per usual, the Commission FFP, Chris and Alex Benavides. Really nice to have you guys back. How are you feeling, Alex? Is it on? I'm feeling good, bro. How are you? We are live, live recording. It's it's good. I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm happy to. We were just talking off air. Uh, it's nice to take a break from our uh, traditional day jobs to get into some fantasy football here, man. I know you guys both work very hard in your careers. I do as well. And I know that uh, so many of us in the fantasy football scene want to make this a lucrative uh, position eventually at some level. You know, I don't need to get rich doing this. I just want to pay my bills, bro. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, so we're, we're working our way there. But until that, uh, we obviously have the day job stuff. So it feels really good to um, take some minutes out of uh, each week to talk with you guys. And uh, of course, we're you know big supporters of you guys' brand and everything. So uh, before we get started, please let everybody know once again who you are. Um, I know the TCK Potters are very familiar with you guys. Uh, but at the same time, um, let everyone know where we can find uh, find the commish opportunities and especially your playbook that I know you all have been spending a lot of time with. Scott, thanks. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we are the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. You guys can find us on Spotify, Apple Podbean, Apple Podcast, Podbean, and go search on us, www.thecommissbrand.com. You guys can grab some great merchandise and be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Beautiful. Excellent. Well done. And shouts out to the rest of your team, Eric and Josh as well, and uh, some other folks around the scene too. So always great to have you get back in. What we're going to do today is go over our wide receiver ADP comparisons. So Chris and I specifically have talked about wide receivers quite a bit overall on the podcast as of late because he comes in on Wednesdays. That's generally how we set things up. So we've kind of talked at nauseum about wide receivers overall, but what I'd like to do today is dive a little bit deeper into – um, ADP comparison and what it might look like for our particular rankings. I know that uh, Chris and I had decided uh, or talked about a couple of weeks ago, we had discussed uh, the commission consensus rankings, I believe, and Chris, you can correct me on that if, if necessary, but I believe we talked about the consensus ranking a few weeks ago. So we had an idea of where you guys sat, but I'd like to hear if you have any changes. A lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. We know that there's a lot of running back drama kind of in in uh, the fantasy landscape contracts injuries um some guys are are looking uh great at camp some guys are looking not as good at camp some of these rookies are starting to produce um some of these veterans are not producing as much as we thought they would do there's obviously position battles all the time linemen are going down that's kind of an unsung topic we need to talk about in fantasy football more often because that's a huge success point and a barometer for running back specifically uh, so I just want to kind of catch the gauge with you guys real quick on the wide receivers. Once again, we'll run through current ADP, and then we'll just kind of tackle a handful of these guys that you and I uh, are both kind of either significantly above current ADP or significantly below ADP. So I will just kind of run through a handful of names right off the bat, and then you guys just stop me whenever I get to somebody that you are feeling either far lower from where they're at with current ADP or you're far uh, you're much higher than they are. And of course, any new listeners, the ADP is the average draft position. So this is basically taking 
five different websites that we've collected. So this is ESPN, MFL, RTS Sports, Fan Tracks, and Yahoo. And we've taken the average of all of those websites and we've collected them into an average ADP here so we can get kind of the general public sense on where these guys sit. And of course, we'll run through the TCK pod and the commish ADP as well. All right, boys, you ready to get rolling? Let's yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, so we got Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Nuke Adams, Chris Godwin, top six. Any qualms there drastically? Of course, you guys might have a, a guy or two flipped, but any any huge qualms in the top six there? I think that's pretty standard for most folks. Yeah, I think on my end, I'm feeling pretty good about the rankings one through six. The only guy that I, you know, I'm starting to teeter on a little bit is Tyreek Hill, just slightly on the injury. I think he pulled the hamstring. Didn't seem like it was anything major. But again, man, those those hamstring injuries tend to bother me uh, when it comes to receivers, especially the way Tyree Kill runs. The dude probably shouldn't have ran as many fucking races as he was running, uh, and he probably wouldn't have right, but he did. So that's just the way it is. I think it's just something to monitor. I don't think it knocks him out of like you know the first two rounds for most people, but just something to keep in you know keep in your mind as you know as everyone sort of gets. Ra- I would say at least as everyone uh, wraps up their drafts coming into like the next week or so. So we're doing our major home league draft on Saturday. We try to push it back. I think most people's big drafts are going to end up being now until probably Tuesday. That's, you know, that's my guess. So just something to keep an eye on on Tyree Kill. Yeah, I agree. So right in the, the beginning, I had Julio Jones above the Tyree Kill, mainly just for pure consistency coming out of Julio Jones. Um, and Tyree Kill, I mean – very volatile for, for me personally, I, I, I believe. Um, so I'd rather have that consistency in front of high, high upside as far as Tyree Kill goes. Straight across the board, Julio Jones for me. I totally and, agree. I've got, Julio, I've got Julio at number three. I've actually got Tyreek down at five. I've got Chris Godwin up at four. Um, and I know that you guys are, are uh, newly Buccaneers fans, which is excellent. Um, but it's uh, – I, I really just think that, you know, if he can be a mixture between Tom Brady's Julian Edelman and Bruce Arians, Larry Fitzgerald with Tom Brady, uh, uber accurate, you know, over the middle, especially, I just think Chris Godwin could be very special this year. So I've actually got him at number four. My only concern with him is, is potential touchdown uh, flatlining. Yeah, I get it. Mean, maybe not even regression, just like not getting double-digit touchdowns to be in the top three or four. But yeah. I do think – I mean, the catches – I mean, he could get 120 receptions, I think, uh, pretty pretty easily almost. And then that's going to result in accidentally maybe 1,400, 1,500 yards, which now you're talking Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, uh, and a healthy Devontae Adams numbers, which I think could be pretty pretty incredible. So if he gets up there, I think he'll be at the number four. Um, heading, I mean, the, otherwise, that is my – my top six as well. Um, let's head down the rest of the ADP here. So it's seven. We've got Kenny Galladay, number eight, Mike Evans, 10, Odo Beckham, then Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, and Juju Smith-Schuster to round up the top 12. Again, Galladay, Evans, OBJ, Robinson, Cooper, Juju in the top 12. Uh, before I do have one guy in here that, or two guys in here that I'm drastically different on. Is there anybody in this list, Galladay, Evans, OBJ, Robinson, Cooper, or Juju, that you are drastically above or below ADP on. So we have we technically have OBJ in our rankings at wide receiver 16. Although I think as more information comes out about OBJ's productivity in training <laughs> camp and his overall health for the season, we did have Dr. Edwin Porras on our episode talk about OBJ. 
and he feels like he's going to go back to OBJ uh, of, of old OBJ. So yeah, man, I think, I think OBJ started to slide up for us. He could potentially look at cracking that top 12. Uh, and I am probably going to be targeting him in our, in our upcoming draft if I can. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's mine. I'm going to has him. No, yeah, I am. I don't even want to <laughs> we, we got a couple of drafts. You guys got a home, a home league draft, I believe coming up soon. And we also have a, uh, we have a, a TCK listener league drafts coming up soon. So I'll have to, I'll have to snipe OBJ in that one. I've got him at 14. So I'm actually lower than ADP as well. Um, yeah. For, I, I think again, the injury, I don't even know about concern right now, but it's a thing because he's missed a handful of games. He's only played 16 games twice in his career. That's a concern. And even last year when he played 16, he wasn't Odell Beckham, right? So I'm a little bit more concerned, less about Odell and more about what does Kevin Stefanski do with this offense? How much do they actually run? Does that help Baker with play action or does that just take away from the receivers? Sure. Um, we've, we've seen Diggs and Thielen thrive under uh, Kevin Stefanski offense with – I think an inferior quarterback and in Kirk Cousins to Baker Mayfield on a good day, in my mm. opinion. So I do think that we could get Odell Beckham, whether Landry's Landry or not, he's also banged up, which gives Beckham a boost. But I do think no matter what, we can get two viable receivers in that mix. The, the question is, could he be top 10 talent wise, obviously, um, but is it going to happen? I'm just a little bit suspect yet. So there's still a couple of players, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, for example, I'd rather have over, OBJ right now because I think they're more safe. But sure. if Odell Beckham goes from 14 to finish as number five overall, nobody's going to be surprised. Um, I think it would, you know, it's just none of us are quite yet comfortable enough going in that realm. So I, I totally agree. There's another couple of guys in here that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, Amari Cooper and Juju Smith-Schuster. So Juju for me, I've actually got a little bit higher. He's at number nine for me. I know that Josh is on that train on your guys' side. Uh, for me, it just comes down to, I, I just Deontay Johnson's banged up. James Washington hasn't proved it to me yet. I love James Conner, but if he gets banged up or can't take a full load, how many these other seven running backs I just don't think are going to equate to that bell cow that Tomlin wants. Therefore, I think Big Ben is going to have no choice but to throw to Juju, who has rapport with him, also <laughs> playing out of the slot as he did with in 2018 when he finished RB or excuse me wide receiver seven overall with AB. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. Eric Ebron might be a goal line hog, but I don't think in between the 20s. So I like Juju a lot and a bounce back for the Steelers overall. Amari Cooper, though, man, I am plummeted on Amari Cooper. Do you guys feel the same or what? Yeah. I feel I feel kind of rude almost with my uh, with my ranking. No, so to be honest, I had Amari Cooper pretty far back in, in my personal rankings. We have him here at, at 14. Now, looking up basically Cowboys training camp, everything is on C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is – Well, you one, know why, right? Why? Because Amari Cooper hasn't been playing. Well, they have him as as the wide receiver one coming up. But even still well, – Amari Cooper, Cooper's in, been not playing. Let I, me talk. He's literally not there. Let me talk. We're agreeing. You're arguing with me, but you're agreeing. So you have Amari Cooper lower? I have him lower than 14, yes. Okay. You think and I put him there? I didn't put him there. It was Josh and Eric, obviously. Josh and Eric. Anyways – so I'm fading even more, even more on Amari Cooper with CD because I guess the the um, the talk was Amari Cooper was still going to get his shares. CD Lamb was kind of be a little bit out of the picture coming into his rookie season. I see him taking a lot more shares from Amari Cooper than what other people expect. Now we have Michael Gallup pretty far down. I think his AD where we have him right now is 
if perfect or it might just go up. Right. Amari Cooper right now, he's more of a, a, a high – he's a high risk with – Maybe low reward. We don't know what, what will happen with Amari Cooper. It's very possible. Sky, I like to hear your take on this. It's very possible that Amari Cooper is a good wide receiver that's been in the right situation for his career, who is now up against a receiver who's just far more talented than he is. I agree. Yeah. I date back a handful of years when Amari Cooper was coming up with the Raiders and he would have his random, you know, seven catches for 220 yards and two touchdowns. We, you know, we see that once a year from him. But let's not forget about the ghost of Michael Crabtree who Mm. would crush for the Raiders. All Mm -hmm. right. So he was able to lead the team in touchdowns constantly because as good as Amari Cooper is in open space with, you know, reception perception, um, he's not the best at end zone separation. What makes Devontae Adams so deadly in the red zone is not that he's bigger than everybody because he's not. He's not faster. He doesn't have the best hand. Well, he's got great hands, but he's not like a dominant receiver per se. He's an incredible route runner. Some of these guys, Stephon Diggs, I want to bring him up later as well. Excellent route runners. And I think like that is what put Antonio Brown on the map. Then he became the number one in AB and the rest is history. But I think what's important about Amari Cooper, he is as good as he is because of his route running. He yeah. does have drop issues. He's got men, like not, I want to be careful here. He's got football, I think, head case issues inside. I think he gets down on himself. You can see his body language like melt a little bit if he drops a pass or misses a play or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why, but I saw that with Oakland years ago with the Raiders. It was just kind of weird. I do agree with you, Chris, that I think that since, since uh, Michael Crabtree, he has not had significant um, – uh, competition and we saw last year man I mean I, I've, I've talked about this a number of times on our podcast here we saw last year that Michael Gallup played two less games than Amari Cooper last year and mm-hmm. basically outperformed him in every per game stat almost qu- across the board right so I'm not saying that necessarily Michael Gallup is straight up like apples to apples better than Amari Cooper but on paper he might be C.D. Lamb is the truth I don't think Amari Cooper's even in Dallas next year so where is he going to go where he can be a true number one? I don't think he's going to be able to be a number two and like still give it give it 100%. So I'm kind of with you guys, man. I've got him faded down to wide receiver 20. And there's guys like DJ Chark, who I know Chris loves, uh, Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton on a good day, even Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup himself. There's a couple guys down here that I could even maybe on draft I pass up Amari Cooper for. Uh, I mean, he's not going to fall that far, obviously, but if it did happen somehow, I'd probably pick a number of guys ahead of him anyway. Yep, one thousand percent. I think I just think he's the type of guy where player player uh, consistency on a game to game basis that you're going to need at his ADP just doesn't line up. So yeah, you know, you just got to pass. Yep, got it. Let's move down to the rest of the list here. We have, let's see, Amari Cooper. Man. I have uh, when we get there. Not, I don't want to. I'll put a little spoiler out here. We'll get yeah. there eventually. But uh, I got some news for Lucas. Uh, oh, listening. Well, we'll get there. Just, just make sure. Just make sure you get to Edelman at some point. Oh, bro, Jay, Jay, Eddie is is on here. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about Trent Taylor there for a second, but Julian Edelman. I get it. All right, let's move <laughs> on here. All right, so at uh, thirteen, this is again, this is consensus. So we go Adam Thielen. Um, and then we have uh, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley. We'll shut it down there. So Thielen, Moore, AJ Brown, Cup, Sutton, and Ridley. Anybody in this group that's significantly higher, significantly lower? I've definitely got two guys that I'm different on ADP. 
Do you mind actually, if I take this another way, just briefly, I want to get your opinion on someone that I don't think we touched on yet. Allen Robinson. So Matt Nagy has basically come out and said they're not going to be calling their number one or, or their their game time <laughs> starter until like before the fucking snap happens. Like, That's right dumb. Around, and right it's not true. Toss. So like, not, not so true. basically, yeah, Allen Robinson as a receiver won't know who his quarterback will be until game time. Does that matter in your opinion? It matters if that was the case, but there's no fucking way a professional franchise would legit not have that information in-house. Bro, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could be surprised. And you know what? Unfortunately, I'm a super, like, Matt Nagy on paper fan, but the Bears, jeez. I mean, just keep getting better and better as the days go on. I would not be surprised if they were to pull a stunt like this. And, look, I understand. It's like you want to keep both of them in the fire. You want to keep them both like, I've got a chance. Here's what I'm going to say about this whole thing, and you're going to get me all fired up. I think this is just dumb as hell. First of all, I love Allen Robinson. We've seen him only work with um, Blake Bortles, who actually was quite significant for fantasy football for the most part. But he was great. He was great with Jacksonville before he blew out his leg. All right. Then he had, uh, then he had Trubisky, and then he may or may not have Trubisky and, and Foles. Chase Daniel. I mean, you know, throw a number of Bears quarterbacks in there. Allen Robinson by himself, I think, is one of the best wide receivers alone in the league. He's going to make anybody great as in New Hopkins did for many years in, in Houston before Deshaun Watson. So I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. I've got Allen Robinson at 10. Consensus ADP has him at 11. So I'm, I'm about it. He's a wide receiver one for me personally. At the beginning of the summer, before I started getting extra fired up on Nuke in, in Arizona and then Mike Evans with Tom Brady and Juju and everybody else, I had Allen Robinson at seven pretty comfortably for a while. So I feel great about him. I do think it's going to be uh, Nick Foles. They're not going to bring him in and not let him play. Uh, also, I think if it is going to be Mitch Trubisky and that's what they want to happen, they're doing an extremely terrible disservice to this young kid who already has horrible self-esteem, I assoome, for getting drafted high. He's the laughing stock of the league. He knows it. These people pay attention, right? Yeah. He's been somewhat productive. The six touchdowns against Tampa Bay last year, but he's not good enough, right, to have an automatic starting job. If they're not calling him the starter and then throw him in day one, I think he's going to be more rattled than if they just bench his ass right now and then put Foles in over the top and just say, look, dude, like, we don't hate you. We got to see what he can do. And if he sucks, you're back in, whatever, figure it out. Like, so does it hurt Allen Robinson that he doesn't know who his quarterback is? If that's the case, absolutely. I don't think it's the case. And either way, to be honest with you, I think he's going to be fine. We saw him last year as a top 12 wide receiver with Trubisky, and we've seen Foles hyper-target receivers like Alshon Jeffrey, especially in the red zone. I think Allen Robinson's every bit of Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. You got to think, right, too, because, I mean, I feel like I, the fact that it's coming this close to the wire and that they're actually making this consideration, at least out in the public, not until game time, right, the decision to, to start a QB in game time, you got to think that, like, not one of them has, like, performed better than the other in training camp, at least to this point, which tells me that, like, a guy like Allen Robinson, all he needs to do is just fucking learn his routes, which he already knows them, and just expect the ball when to expect the ball, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. It's not like he's getting a ball from a lefty or a righty. Like, they're both righties. So as long as the ball is there and the guy who's throwing him the ball gets him the ball, like, he should be okay as far as I'm concerned. But I just think from, like, an emotional standpoint, when you're sitting there drafting Allen Robinson, knowing that piece of information, you're also kind of like, you know, uh, you're like, fuck. Like, I would prefer him know, or at least I would prefer – that Allen Robinson knows who his quarterback is. Forget about me, you know? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And and honestly, I'm not I'm not targeting Allen and Robinson or ending up with him at a lot of drafts because there are those question marks. I'd rather take a guy like DJ Moore who's got a solid floor, a new quarterback himself, but I mean the situations are similar. And I'd rather take the upside of DJ Moore and believe in Teddy than the the fiasco in Chicago personally. So exactly. yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Agreed. All right, man. I derailed that. Let's get back on track here. No worries. All right, let's keep flowing here. So um one more time and let's go through this list. Thielen. Or uh, we'll start with Juju, um, just in case we, we uh, want to talk about him real quick. But Juju Thielen, Moore, DJ Moore. Um, oh, we, we talked about Juju. I'm sorry. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, I feel good about Juju, dude. I think I do actually think that the offensive situation in Pittsburgh is like, is it is it weird to say sneakily underrated? Like, no, it's it's absolutely underrated. And Big yeah. Ben's not even getting drafted. No, he could, he could end up a, a top eight and, quarterback without running the ball. Yeah. Yeah, we did an entire – so when we did our QB rankings, I think we had him at somewhere like the QB 14, 15. 17, I believe. Or maybe 17. So I went ahead and extrapolated Big Ben's entire career stats mm-hmm. just to see, you know, if you kind of combine – and again, he's not a it's, – it's good to do – it's a good exercise to do when it's a player that's played for a long time because the stat line kind of gives you a medium, a deviation as to where he might fall. So if you just take his average stat line, forget about his best seasons, right? Just his average, he would have put up points equivalent to QB seven or eight this season. So this is the average. Yeah, right? I totally so agree. Like, and just with his arm, I don't think he's going to run as much. I mean, he's almost forty years old. But just his arm alone could get him into the top ten quarterbacks. He's going undrafted. And then if he, if he pulls a couple Breeze or Brady, you know, goal line, I mean, dude's huge, six five, four hundred pounds, whatever the hell he is. Looks if skinny. he's able, oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> 280 pounds. My bad. I forgot he was. Forgot he, forgot he trimmed the trim down a little bit. Uh, so yeah, maybe Slim Ben. I like that. Um, if he's able to get a couple of those, you know, sneak attack cheater uh, quarterback touchdowns and get him, you know, five rushing touchdowns, which he could absolutely do, that's going to boost his overall touchdowns to you know thirty five. All of a sudden, I mean, he could he could really do some damage. So I totally agree there. Um, we'll crush out the rest of this list here. Thielen, DJ Moore, AJ Brown. Cooper Cup, Sutton, Ridley, and Lockett. Yeah. Uh, do you have any particular thoughts, Alex? No. I mean, I I like all of these guys. I one do. one guy that yeah, especially like again, if you're if you're if you're if you're fortunate enough to get that early pick and you go running back, those dudes in like the second to third or fourth rounds, man, are looking very nice. One guy that I'm starting to feel a lot better about because there hasn't been much report as far as. Um, any concerns, but and the videos videos are out and he's looking pretty fucking good. Is Adam Thielen? Hmm. He looks very very good, right? I was obviously a little bit nervous about any recurring hamstring problems from last season, and you know with those sort of type two muscle injuries with the recurring problems that hamstrings typically come you know come with. Uh, and Adam Thielen's not young; he's not old. He's kind of right in the middle there, it's a little 27. bit 27, 28, 29, some, somewhere on that you know somewhere in that three year range. Uh, you know he's looking pretty good, man, and he's beating he's beating DBs right now. Like you saw that video with him catching the ball over the top, over the top shoulder, toe drag inside, uh, inside the um, you know, inside the. Uh, I wasn't an end zone; it was just kind of a sideline situation. Looks very good though, man. I like him. I like the I like I just like the way he looks. Uh, I can I can see him, you know, be uh, us moving him into sort of our top fifteen. I you know I think I would like him better than Ridley and Lockett, probably yeah. Robert Woods. I've got I've got him right at 15 actually, so he's right on the cusp for me. Yeah. Um, I think I think Adam Thielen is going to be just fine. Uh, for me, Calvin Ridley is is uh, a significant boost. So current kind of average ADP's got him at 18. I've got him at 12. Um, I just super believe in this Atlanta offense in general. 
Matt Ryan, uh, I think, is going to explode this year. Uh, Julio's Julio. Um, Gurley coming in, I think, is is going to be good for Gurley, but I think it's going to be good for this offense in general. Devonta Freeman was had a great run while he was healthy, but he's been nicked up the last couple of seasons and not been himself. I think even last year's Todd Gurley, I think, is better than what Devonta Freeman was, and I think it's going to be just like the mentality of what a defense has to uh, focus on to give Matt Ryan another couple weapons. Also, Hayden Hurst coming in, I think helps. Russell Gage, I think, is a sneak attack option in this. So, yeah. all that being said, I think, you know, again, a lot of people are kind of predicting that Calvin Ridley is this year's Chris Godwin. Like, we'll see. That was a massive jump, obviously, but it could happen, right? I mean, it's just a matter of can Matt, you have to kind of compare to like Jameis went off last year, right? I mean, 30 picks, obviously, that's a joke, but he threw 5K. Um, passing yards and 30 touchdowns. Could Matt Ryan do that? 100%. We've seen him do it numerous times on even seasons for whatever reasons he does that. Also, the biggest thing I keep bringing up on the podcast for this division in general is no one has a great defense. I think Tampa Bay's got a a good defense. I think um, the Saints on a good day have a good defense. Carolina, Atlanta, probably not. Every one of these offenses, though, is going to be track meet. I think it's going to be the NFC version of the AFC West. And I think these guys are going to be gunning constantly and they're going to have to play from behind. It's going to be 30 to 35 the whole game. And Matt Ryan is a perfect kind of garbage time fourth quarter, you know, 20 attempts in the fourth quarter is not unheard of for him. And I think, you know, half of those could go to Ridley anytime. I agree. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right. How do you guys feel about AJ Brown? I've got him at 18. Consensus has him about 15. Um, I love the upside here, but I'm also could be potentially a little bit, uh, concerned only because of the efficiency. He was incredibly efficient last year. There's other wide receivers, though, over the years that we think will just kind of diminish on that, like Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin before him with Russell Wilson. It shouldn't make sense, but it continues to make sense. Is A.J. Brown maybe just the next incredible receiver? I saw a tweet the other day. I forget who it was from. Uh, apologies there, but um, I wish I figured it out. But it was basically like question, like, is A.J. Brown the next Andre Johnson? Uh, with separation, just beef, strength, you know, uh, uh, breakaway speed, whatever. So if he is, man, I mean, Andre Johnson, another, you know, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Do you want to take it? Well, I just have a quick quick little something. I think uh, as far as the Titans as a whole as, and as far as A.J. Brown, um, if the volume isn't there, if it kind of stays the same as basically last season, then the efficiency still has to be there. If the volume stays the same and the efficiency – decreases then aj brown's kind of hurting that's kind of all what i have to say yeah so we did talk about this i think a couple of weeks ago sky where mm-hmm. i kind of made the case for um everybody's kind of like a, everyone's sort of uh downplaying or i shouldn't say downplaying i would say upplaying the lack of volume that aj brown had as a measure for him not to achieve you know top 15 top 12 status and my argument to that was his playing time in the first half of the season was at like 60%, which is fucking dismal. Like yeah. he, as a rookie, which is fine. He's a rookie. Like you didn't expect him to, to go in and light the world on fire. But the thing is, is when they actually started again, this, I think it had a lot to do with the finding of the identity of the Tennessee Titans. Like they didn't really, they weren't using Derrick Henry as often. They didn't, you know, they, they were down Taylor Luan in the first four games. All of these pieces start to click mid season. And then all of a sudden AJ Brown gets real life fucking playing time. And he's mm-hmm. playing at, I think it was like 88% capacity compared to 60 percent he was averaging 18.6 points per game fantasy wise so like 
that's that's tight end one numbers here. I mean, I, I don't know another way around this. So wide receiver. Sorry, sorry. Why? Yeah, he looks like a fun tight end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wide receiver numbers. So I think my point here is, is like he's not going to start off the season at sixty percent. He's going to be yeah. there. He's their bona fide number one receiver. He's a bona fide number one receiver in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. And you know, I just don't see how the volume, you know, decrease is going to be a thing. So I only see increase in volume, even if Tannehill doesn't throw the ball as much. It's still going to go to, it's still going to go to AJ Brown. And we had our tight ends episode yesterday. Eric's not feeling so high on Jono Smith, and I kind of he kind of swayed me. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that Jono Smith is the quote unquote other tight end option or just receiving option for the Tennessee Titans. That team lives through Derrick Henry which opens up the field for AJ Brown. And even if you double cover him, I don't see how, you know, he, he just kind of reminds me of like a very, a very, a slightly shorter version of Julio Jones. And that's his dog. That's why he wears number 11. Yeah. There you go. Straight is up. That, is that the truth? I had no idea. 100% the truth. Dude, what a coincidence. <laughs> it's, his, it's his favorite player. It's very intentional. And he's basically like, when Julio leaves, I will be Julio. Wow. And and uh, yeah and 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 I'm like bro, a fucking wide receiver whisperer. And 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 bro, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna set if you're gonna set your tone, you know, I mean, that's like that's top of the food chain, you know, because like right. you could talk you could talk fantasy all day about Michael Thomas and and you know anybody else, but yo, consistency. I mean, if if I mean even at 30 years old, if I had to take a receiver right now, 101 to like start a football team that I was putting together, I'm taking Julio Jones every single time. Hundred oh, yeah. percent, every single time, yep. um, and then I'll, I'll figure out I'll figure out the rest later on. So for him, to, for, <laughs> for him to yeah, for him to for him to match up against that's pretty impressive. Another couple names on here: Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett. I personally am I'm lower on all of these guys by just a couple spots. Nothing significant. We don't have to dive in too much unless you guys want to cover somebody. But Cooper Cup, I did want to mention that kind of a hiccup again this off season. He got brought off the field. It, it was you know precautionary. I think he'll be okay. But he did, you know, tear his ACL a couple years ago. He had a hamstring following that. He was great last year. Unbelievable. Number two wide receiver for the first 12 games. Fell off the map as Tyler Higby took over last year. Some say he was hurt. They won't really come out and disclose no. it. Nonetheless, it just wasn't a good match. So I've yeah. actually got – I've got Robert Woods at 13. I've got Cup at 16. Do you guys have Cup ahead of Woods or are you the other way around? So we do have Cup ahead of Woods. Cup high. Yeah, we have Cup inside the top 12, and we have him as a wide receiver one at number nine overall. If he was uh, 100% if, healthy, he'd probably be top 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little – here's the thing, right? Um, actually, our, you know, your boy Nick Ercolano, BDGE, talked about this with Cooper Cup and discussed how when the Los Angeles Rams basically switched up their personnel last season and moved Cup to the outside is when you started to see some of that regression. Now, the thing about Cup is that he still had, I think, that like four or five game touchdown streak that helped his floor. But the issue here is like, we don't know if that's going to be the same game plan going into the 2020 season. So I think that's the only question mark is to, is to just wonder what is McVay going to lead the season off with? Because I'm, again, these guys don't, they don't give a shit about fantasy. They only care about winning games. Yeah. So they'll play whatever fucking personnel works based on their ability to win football games, right? And so, like, if they come out and they're, you know, and they need more protection around Goff, they'll move into that 12 personnel set and Cooper Cup's slot, uh, you know, volume goes out the window. So who knows? I think it's a little bit – that's like the only question mark I would say about Cooper Cup where, you know, I would even feel comfortable moving him outside the top 12 right now. 
Wow. Yeah. Like I said, if, if he were, if you were hundred percent healthy and didn't have any glitches and look, it may be nothing. I try to, I try to stay even on, you know, Twitter and Instagram posts and anything and, and whatever, you know, it's just like, it's, you can get too lost in everything. Like this whole Camara thing. Like as soon as it happened, I had people blowing me up in my DMS who they just went drafted. And I've been pretty vocal all summer about Alvin Kamara being my number two running back ahead of Saquon, ahead of Zeke. I've been very confident and very vocal about that all summer long. So anybody asking my device, advice in our leagues and on IG and stuff, I've been suggesting it. So some of them have done it. So, of course, Kamara comes out that he's going to miss time. He's going to get traded. He's holding out all the shit. And I'm just like, dude, until you hear the actual report, take a breath. And Twitter went nuts. Sure enough, he's back at practice. They're going to sign a contract. He's totally fine. So I think there's just things that you need to kind of just – you know, stay fluid on. However, things like AJ Green coming up gimp and then not being around for a week, Cooper Cup getting a hiccup, not being around for a couple practices, Dalvin Cook holding out because of a contract issue or an injury, but nobody actually knows. Little stuff like that when they have history, that's what raises the hairs on the back of my neck. You know, if it's somebody new and you're just kind of like, eh, dude took a day off or whatever, not really tripping. But when they have history, it starts to starts to make me a little bit nervous. That's why I, I put Cooper Cup down just a little bit. All right, let's roll through a handful of these other guys here. Also, I know Chris and I had talked about this previously. Um, I do have uh, uh, DK Metcalf ahead of Tyler Lockett. I've got DK at 17. I've got Lockett down at 23. Consensus has Lockett in the middle and has a DK down at 24. Um, do you guys have Lockett ahead of DK, or uh, are you guys running the DK train too? Lockett train. Lockett train, yeah. Is yeah, it we, we, train we, or I don't, I don't think we've changed much on the Lockett, DK Metcalf scenario. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, I think I think, I think the way that you and I concluded the DK Metcalf Lockett uh, sort of conversation was it felt about right, which is like we like both of them. I think you have DK a bit higher. We have Lockett a bit higher. But either way, I think they're both going to be nice wide receiver twos and you can get them at those ADPs, which is really nice. So totally. – uh, yeah, so I feel confident and comfortable with either of those two guys, you know, if I were able to get them in uh, in my upcoming drafts. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's run through a handful of names here. Stop me when you want to talk about somebody. Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, DJ Chark. We already talked about Robert Woods and DK Metcalf. Terry McLaurin, T.Y. Hilton, and Stephon Diggs. Once again, Allen, Parker. We've talked about Woods and Metcalf. So Chark, McLaurin, Hilton, and Diggs. So – I have actually two people that I kind of want to talk about. First, I'll talk about Stefan Diggs. Uh, so in Minnesota, he really wasn't feeling too high. He wasn't getting the amount of work that – He working for a bad employer. Exactly. He wasn't getting the amount of work that he should have been. He worked for a bad employer. Now he's coming over to the Buffalo Bills. Like you say, sometimes you don't like the player, but you like the situation. I'm not a big Diggs fan, but I love the situation that he is in right now. He is mm. currently – the wide receiver one. Now, looking up articles on Stefan Diggs on training camp, Buffalo Bills defense, they're no joke. He is carving them apart on in training camp. Now, it's, it's not like they're a subpar defense and he's an elite wide receiver. No, he's an elite wide receiver and they're an elite defense that he is tearing to pieces. There was a one drive, I think it was like a couple, a couple of days ago where he went four straight plays with four straight receptions and he ended the the um the drive with a touchdown. Now this is on their their number one defense. Now I'm feel this is kind of why I'm feeling a little bit higher on Stefan Diggs. 
So what do you think? I think Josh Allen's making a run for MVP this year. That's what I oh, think. Oh man. <laughs> if you want um, to be honest here. So so on, on that, on that, uh both, you know, both Beasley and Brown, who I don't think are incredible receivers, but they're both solid NFL, longtime veteran receivers with trust with Josh Allen. Both of those guys had a hundred targets last year. So is Diggs going, I mean, where is all the work coming if they're going to be a quote unquote run first offense with Dawson Knox taking a step up, those guys still being around and them, you know, having Devin Singletary out of the backfield and Zach Moss out of the backfield. My only issue with Stephon Diggs is not his talent at all. It's not even necessarily the situation, which I do say a lot. It's more just like the target share itself. You know, with AJ Brown, there's not many maybe like targets to go around, but we know that they're all going to him. That's great. With Stephon Diggs, there may be a lower target share in general on his own team and the overall targets. That makes me a little bit nervous. It's possible. Yeah, I like the actually the way you put it. I mean, it, make, it makes sense. Um, agree to disagree. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll leave it there. There's another guy on here, Alex. I want to hear your opinion on that's Terry McLaurin. So for Terry McLaurin, I, he's. He is by far the number one on that team. There's no – Are there any number twos? What's up? Are there any number twos in Washington? I don't care about any of the number twos that they have. Terry <laughs> about Terry McLaurin. Um, now, Dwayne Haskins, as far as I, I'm, I'm looking at, he's, it looks like he's getting – he's trimming down. He's trimming that baby fat. He's looking great. He had that video of uh, Terry McLaurin diving into the end zone. It looked really good connection right there. I'm looking at his stats, and I don't see why – that his stats can't significantly increase as far as 93 targets, 58 receptions with 919 yards. I don't see why, as far as where we have him, why his upside doesn't outweigh his basically the, the, the low capital of where we have him. So I, I just see a significant increase in basically all aspects of, of his game. Do you think there's any chance it was just named, uh, I believe this morning, if I remember correctly, that Dwayne Haskins, I, th- I believe, has been named the for sure day one starter, which isn't a surprise to anybody. But I think when Alex Smith came back, uh, there was a little bit of talk for a second. But honestly, I hope Alex Smith never plays again for his sake. He's made his money. He'll continue to make his money being a backup. I agree. And, you know, like that dude is, is a hero <laughs> no matter what he does. Uh, so I, I just hope for his sake and his family, he never plays again, period. But I think there's conversation of, is he going to play at all? Also, let's not forget, and I know Kyle Allen is not sexy for fantasy people, but he did play with Ron Rivera in Carolina. He did do okay in a handful of games. I believe he had a one or two four-touchdown games in Carolina last year. First game coming in. So I think that there's a handful of suggestions that maybe he would kind of give Dwayne – uh, a little run for his money. But, you know, again, I just – I believe in Terry McLaurin. I think he is phenomenal. I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins overall. I just don't think he's that good. I've been saying he's kind of Jameis Winston part two. Honestly, I just think his demeanor, his mentality, the whole thing, I just – I don't know. I, I got a got a kind of a gut feeling that it won't pan out in the long run. Although, he did throw 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. That's obviously no joke. Terry McLaurin was his receiver during that year. That matters. I get that. Um so hopefully it works out. And I, I like Terry McLaurin a lot. Yeah. I guess my concern is just like, what is this offense going to actually be like with seven running backs and James, or James uh, Dwayne Haskins, who I'm just not sure, you know, they're going to be losing a lot of games. Oh yeah. To losing those kids that play at those perennial schools where they're undefeated, they might lose a game 
in their college career at Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Alabama, whatever. Um, they get onto a bad team because they're picked early. They start losing a lot very often. They've been the best dude on the field their whole life. They've been in the best school probably their whole life. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, two and seven midseason. Like that's a gut check situation. And uh, I just didn't think he was that impressive last year as a rookie. Coming into a second year, we'll see what happens. Um, I like Terry McLaurin, but I'm, I'm just kind of fading this offense overall. And to be honest, where I've got uh, Terry McLaurin drafted, I'd rather have probably Jules, um, Parker, uh, Gallup, maybe Sutton if he falls that far, Tyler Boyd, Preston Williams behind him. So I probably just won't have any Terry McLaurin. So you you would have Terry McLaurin. You would have Gallup over Terry. You would draft Terry, uh, Gallup over Terry McLaurin. Jesus Christ, Alex, talk. Correct. According to my rankings, I do have Gallup at 25 and uh, McLaurin right behind him at 27. Yeah, so Scott, I agree with everything you just talked about. Uh, I was very low and very concerned with Dwayne Haskins as as the QB. I will say I am, you know, again, I think it's just the fact that the bar was so fucking low for Dwayne Haskins for me sure. that the, the the just the small amount of effort that he put into to training camp this season and the fact that he did lose the weight – he has worked on it. You know, he does look better. Uh, sure. It's good for me. So, like, I don't know. Maybe there is some fight in this fucking, you know, in this lion. And, uh, you know, and again, like, interestingly enough, like, he – I think there was this quote we talked about how – he talked about the the quarterback battle between him and Joe Burrow and that he ultimately won out at Ohio State, had that really great season. You know, ipso facto, fucking Joe Burrow goes down to LSU. Uh, we know the story there. But Best college season ever, yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. So kind of makes you wonder. But I mean, you know, Dwayne Haskins had a great season at Ohio State. You can't take that away from him. He did work hard for it. He did beat out Joe Burrow to earn it. And so, you know, he kind of has the the season he had last year, which is an absolute disappointment. And one of the things I could never fucking understand is how could you possibly take pictures on the sidelines with fans while you're getting called to go play? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I couldn't forgive him for that. Outside of the fact that, well, you really put the bar as low as goddamn possible. And so now you're stepping over that. That's awesome. Show us what you got for this season. And by the way, your boy Tara McLaurin's fantasy life is hanging on the balance of you throwing him the ball. So, And, and off of that, it, he was last in, in red zone targets, red zone, red zone completion from the 20 and the 10. So it, it's not going to be hard to increase on that. So where where he where he is right now, there, there's he has all the room to grow. The idea, I think, the idea here is that if Dwayne Haskins is any anywhere decent, yeah, McLaurin's going to be fine. I, think. I agree. Sure, and and I appreciate you wrapping it back around because I was about to go off again unnecessarily on Haskins, <laughs> but we are we are talking about wide receivers. We are talking about Terry McLaurin, and the reality is Haskins was not good last year. Terry McLaurin was borderline great as a rookie. So if Haskins is good. McLaurin could be great, and you're getting him in the sixth, seventh round as your wide receiver three with tremendous upside and a great floor. I think, which which I think could could be fantastic. So uh, before I before I get too fired up, we're going to move on. All right, let's head down a handful of more names here. So uh, T.Y. Hilton, we talked about Stephon Diggs already. A.J. Green, Michael Gallup, talked about him a little bit with Mari Cooper, of course. Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Brown, Tyler Boyd, and Debo Samuel, and then we'll save Jules for the next segment. So we got T.Y. Hilton. A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think you mentioned Gallup, correct? 
I did, but we talked about it a little bit for Amari. But if you want to go in again, feel free. Yeah, no, no. I just, I, I, I just wanted to make that point that I think because we're feeling low on Amari Cooper, that to me feels like I'm, I would be okay with being, you know, getting more bullish in a draft uh, if I needed a wide receiver. That Gallup is that guy. I have no problem there. Um, again, I know that everyone, not everybody, I shouldn't say that. I'm a little bit nervous about AJ Green. I talked about it from you know literally the onset that we had that conversation with Edwin back in March. Um, you know, as a doctor who understands the medical background, he's not feeling high about AJ Green. And you know, three months later, we're we're already seeing small signs of that in training camp. So I'm just a little bit nervous about AJ Green's ability to become the AJ Green. I know that I know that his ranking reflects that concern. But even still, at that point, I would rather wait and grab a guy like Darius Slayton or Marquise Brown than have to grab a guy like AJ Green, who I might not have that risk factor. Yeah, I just yeah, you don't have to worry as as uh, as much. You know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to be effective? Is he not going to be effective? I'd rather wait and grab a guy where you know there's some upside on that ceiling. Well, there's also that that take that Josh made of rookie quarterbacks making number one wide receivers right um, up to their full potential. Right. So, so our boy Josh did a, uh, I'll kind of, I'll kind of summarize it here. He did a breakdown of the percentage of rookie quarterbacks being able to carry a top 12, top 24 and a top 36 wide receiver. And basically it's quite difficult for a rookie quarterback to do any of those things, let alone, you know, a top 12 or a top 24. It's almost impossible. So the best you got is that Joe Burrow can carry, I shouldn't say the best, the most ideal scenario is that he carries a top 36 receiver and then you got in just one and then you got to figure out if that's going to be AJ Green or Tyler Boyd. I like it. I think that's a great call. We'll talk about Tyler Boyd here in just one second on AJ Green is when you're in a draft and I hear all your takes, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just something that I see in pretty much every draft we do because let's be real. AJ Green is in the same draft class as Julio Jones. It was basically both of those guys neck and neck at the top of the draft in that season they're both perennial, incredible superstar wide receivers. Obviously, AJ Green's been hurt the last couple of years. But if AJ Green had Matt Ryan at least or a better quarterback than Andy Dalton for the last, you know, almost 10 years, uh, yeah. I think he would have better uh, results because AJ Green himself, when healthy, is is dominant. Yeah. Right. That, be- that being said, when I'm on the clock and it's like, I mean, nowadays, dude, when it's the eighth round, the ninth round, I've got three or four running backs. I've got three or four wide receivers. I might even have a quarterback or tight end by that point. And I'm just like, I'm grabbing like, what the hell guys, Mm. how tantalizing if at all, and maybe I'm just fantasizing about AJ Green by myself. How (laughs) how tantalizing is it? If any, with AJ Green sitting out there as your wide receiver four, three at most five um, to just be like, man, when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he's a wide receiver one, maybe a top 10 every single week. We saw him score three touchdowns in the first quarter a few years ago against the Ravens, I believe. I mean, the dude is absolutely dominant when healthy. We don't know about the health. Obviously, it's been a concern. But when you're sitting there, how tantalizing is it to just pull the trigger and be like, eh, like, what the hell? I mean, because the ceiling is there. If he blows it, I get it. I'm willing to risk this pick Yeah, for the upside specifically. Like, that's where I – Fall nine. I haven't gotten a lot of shares of them. I go another direction ultimately, but I always I get I get this knot in my stomach when I'm on the clock and I know he's going to be drafted before my next pick. And I'm like, well, shit. Am I going to pull the trigger or am I going to let him go? <laughs> are you going to be the asshole? Are you going to be the go? <laughs> exactly. How do you guys feel about that? Is there is there no, any I, is there I, any I, second guessing? 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just think like the scenario has to warrant itself for me to do it. Like, you know, if he's if he's gonna be like my again, like I'm even I'm even tricky or not tricky. I am I am worried that AJ Green is my even third wide receiver. I'm just like, damn, I missed on someone else like a Marquise Brown or I don't know, even like and yeah, like Preston Williams, maybe like I don't know, someone around that point where you can see some of that younger upside and not have to – it's almost like, dude, if he blows up, awesome. I consciously decided not to go that route. Good for you, whoever took him. Um, so I think that's me. I think I'd rather just play for the floor at that point in the draft. Okay. Fair enough. we got about 10 minutes left in the program, guys. I want to bust out a handful of other names here. Let's talk about his team really quickly. If you're not into A.J. Green, are you into Tyler Boyd, or is this just like a fade Bengals? Dude, I don't know. I might be the John Ross making wow. one hand catches. Wow. wow. Making one hand making one hand catches in practice looking like a freak out there. Oh, oh uh, Ross. Yeah, Ross. Yeah, the, the one hit wonder last season. No, I think I think ultimately Tyler Boyd is my guy on the Bengals. Safer. Safer looks good. You know, he's look looks good, stays healthy. He's an absolute beast. Kind of reminds me of like a Michael Gallup situation. Um, but yeah, man, you might see a blow up out of a couple of guys over there. I mean, that's a it's a good young team. T. Higgins question mark? Joe Mixon question mark? Auden Tate, bro? No, I love Joe Mixon. I love, I love Joe Mixon. Go screw yourself. Wait, wait. You don't get – no, no. We're not We're not doing this right now, Chris. We are, Chris, we are not doing this right now. I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not doing this right now, Chris. We are moving on, folks. Uh, I have to I have to maintain maintain relations. All right. All right. Well, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about uh, Jules – yeah, aka aka Jewel Eddie, aka uh, Lucas Edelman. Break it down for me, man. Give me some Julian Edelman stats. Uh, New England Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, gonna 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 make Cam Newton a Pro Bowler this year. Give it to me. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do you a couple better. Uh, first off, breaking news. You heard it here first on the TCK team. Uh, the Patriots have decided to cut Muhammad Sanu. What? As yeah. of an, as of an hour ago. What? Yes. Fire up Devin Ross, baby. Right. The other thing is the Pats are interested in signing uh, Leonard Fournette. Shocker. What? Shocker. So, uh, as far Old as I'm Bill killing it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the more talent you put around uh, Cam Newton, uh, the better the Patriots will become. And as a staple in that offense, Julian Edelman uh, isn't going anywhere. Right? Stock just went through the moon. As far as I'm concerned, Akil Harry and Julian Edelman stocks both just went up. No Sanu. More volume. You don't need much more than that. And if they get Fournette, my goodness, Christ. Oh, they, might be, they, might make, they might make a Super Bowl run. Go figure. Go fucking figure. I can't wait to draft Philip Dorsett. I'm so excited. Philip Dorsett. This is not even this team. He's, He's not. Seahawks. I can't wait to draft Philip <laughs> Dorsett. How, how, how do you guys feel about your boy uh, Chris Hogan getting reps over there in New York? I feel fine. I, I always liked Chris Hogan. Very reliable. Yeah, he makes he makes the plays. He's like uh, Danny Edel, uh, Danny Amendola, Danny Edelman light. Sunday afternoon. He's like Julian Amendola. Julian. Uh, pseudo uh, Wayne Crebet. If you kick it back to the OG Jets, <laughs> yeah. throw that name out there for the for the kids out there. Yeah. Awesome guys, I'm into it. So Lucas and I have had a long running bet since the beginning of the summer. It was kind of a tongue in cheek, and. You guys know Lucas and my style. We're not really like the debate team style guys. We just we don't really roll that way. Yeah, we know. We took Josh on Lucas to do. Uh, How? Oh, Lucas just, just it was a pillow fight between the two of them. 
just landed that so smooth. It was great. We were best friends great. by the end of that conversation. That was, that's exactly what we were shooting for. Uh, so <laughs> my, my question is, is this, is this Julian Edelman hype? I mean, clearly, look, I mean, you guys just basically said he's going to be a top 10 receiver, pro bowler, <laughs> Patriots going to the receiver. All of the, yeah, I mean, right. They're going to the Super Bowl. Heard it here first. Commission FFP making the calls. Right. Now, that being said, I have the Odell Beckham badge for this year. Lucas has the Julian Edelman badge. We have a long-running season-long bet, just overall fantasy finish, however it happens. Uh, am I in danger here? Because I feel no, like I had a pretty no. decent lead for a while, bar barring an injury. I, th I mean, I think OBJ, OBJ might finish as a top five this season. So, I don't know. Yeah. Edelman can't – Edelman's not going to sniff top five. OBJ can sniff top five. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I don't know. I like me some jewels. I can see jewels. I can see jewels finishing safely as like a top fifteen, no problem. Do you, do you guys? Do you guys want in on this? I mean, we don't have to, but do you want in on this? Wait, do you want Edelman? And I'll take OBJ. You want in on this? Jules. Why? No, because I don't want to root against Jules. What the hell? You're not, you're, hey, 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 hey! This is fair fighting. We're not rooting against. This is just no, what you, you think will happen at the end of the year. You're not no, rooting you against him. I love Julian Edelman. I'm not rooting against him. I'll, 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 to win the bet, you have to root against. See, him. here's what's gonna happen. Cam Newton's shoulder is going to get hurt one play. He's no, gonna not. He's going to throw it to Julian Edelman. Now Julian Edelman's throwing the touchdown Did you hear passes. the way Bill Belichick – Did you hear That's the way – Did you hear the way Bill Belichick was talking about Cam Newton? Nobody works out harder than Cam Newton. Yeah, bro, bullshit. Bro, That's bro. A, I legitimately have never – I've been following the Patriots since I can remember. I've been listening to WEEI, which is the local radio station, has a contract with the Patriots to host Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the morning and the afternoon. I've heard all of their – I've heard all of their Monday morning sessions, okay, on that radio station. Never heard him say that. Not once have I ever heard Bill Belichick talk about Tom that way. Makes me fucking sick. It does. Tom Brady, of, Tom Brady doesn't even lift, dude. I mean, clearly. I he doesn't need to. I can't wait. I can't wait till the Tampa Bay Brady's beat the New England Belichicks <laughs> fucking this year in the Super Bowl. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Oh, this episode just, just took a turn. Jeez. We're just – Fired we're up, all, yeah, we're all fired up at the end of the episode. Sorry, guys. I I feel like maybe we should just let it down here with the with the jewels with the jewels note. Hey, we got maybe three minutes left. Yeah. How about this? We're, we're we're done with ADP. We fired up the ADP. We got the rest of our rankings. TCKPod.com. We still have our draft guide available. The commish rankings are available. And go check that out as well on their website and the Instagrams and the Twitters and everything else. Before we get out of here, guys, maybe. Well, let's audible a little bit. Why don't you guys both search through your rankings real quick while I maybe give a couple of mine? I want you each, both of you, to pick. Give me – and not even sleepers per se, just mm. from this list down. Maybe like outside the top 36. So wide receiver fours or lower. Give me three names that you're excited to put on your team, whether it's a deep sleeper, a reliable, maybe it's a rookie with a good opportunity, uh, somebody one injury away, whatever. Uh, prep a couple of guys, and I'm going to give a few – right now as well. So you guys each give me three here in just a minute. Wide receiver 36 um, and below. So I'm going to cheat kind of at the top here. My boy Marvin Jones, I got to give him a heads up every single year. He's finally popular, but I'm I'm shouting my boy out Marvin Jones, who on a per game basis is as good or better than Kenny Galladay. He just unfortunately gets injured every single season. Matt Stafford back. I love that quite a bit. I'm also really warming up to a lot of these rookies I was not warming up to early in the season. CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jefferson. Um, it was regular before he got hurt. I think a lot of those guys have great opportunity already in year one. And, of course, I'm going to steal Preston Williams because I've been calling his shot for quite a while. Preston Williams is my dog for sure. I'm going to take him 
over Parker six rounds later every single draft. Uh, you guys can fire it off. You can go, you know, switch off. Give me three in a row, whatever. Give me yeah. three wide receivers each from wide receiver 36 or below that you would be excited to have on your team and you're targeting in the later rounds. Yeah. Do you, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Good. We got about, uh, right. we got about two minutes, so maybe just fire names and a quick stat. Yeah, so uh, so I think off the rip here, and I'm just kind of going – I'm actually going to go off of Fantasy Pros rankings just because, like, it's a little easier as far as what everyone else is looking at. I'll take I'll take shares of Brandon Cooks all day long at this point, uh, just watching 150-plus targets walk out the door in Nuke Hopkins. As far as I understand, Brandon Cooks has been fairly good, right, in training camp. Um, so I'll take I'll take some shares of that. I'll take shares of Deontay Johnson, no problem, out of Pittsburgh. Give me all those. I'll even go – I'm going to take your guy. I'm sorry, Alex. Ooh. Hunter Renfro. I'll take me some Hunter Renfro with the accuracy of, Such a scumbag. of the elite Derek Carr at 70% higher in completion. You're all against Hunter Renfro. I love me some Hunter Renfro. Just just wait just wait until Mariota puts Renfro in the, uh, in the Pro Bowl <laughs> this year. Yeah. Alex, give me three names, my man. Uh, so I like Darius Slayton. Big fan of Darius Slayton. Um, I like – I like Henry Ruggs, huge fan of Henry Ruggs. Um, and I like another rookie wide receiver, I'm Justin Jefferson. I think he fits I, well with that offense. I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to be easily the number two in that season, in that system. And if he is the quote-unquote Stephon Diggs, I think he could really, really do well. Now, let's not forget about B.C. Johnson, who's kind of a, a no-name-ish. But, yeah. yo, he came in when Thielen got hurt last year and played pretty well himself. Yeah. Like, I think the Vikings – who I didn't think that anybody outside of Thielen uh, when the season got started, of course, Cook is doing his thing, but they got Cook, Madison, two great tight ends for NFL purposes. And these three receivers, man, I think they could be a little bit sneaky here. Uh, and I had my quarterback episode with Dwayne uh, who came on here and he has Kirk Cousins at quarterback 12, which wow. is like 10 spots higher than anybody else I've heard in the industry. And he makes a great case for it, right? Gary Kubiak in the, in the top 80%. Over the last decade of his offenses and all these things in points scored, no matter yeah. how they do it. And obviously that's going to be a big realm. So the Vikings could be kind of a sneaky offense. Awesome, boys. We got to get out of here. Please, before we leave, let everybody know once again where they can find all the commish materials. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone go follow us, obviously, on all the notable platforms for podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. We also are on Podbean, the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Go check us out at our website, www.thecommishbrand.com. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. The playbook comes out every Tuesday and go follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at the commission FP and TikTok as well. Mm, got that TikTok. Love it. All right, y'all. I'm your host, Sky Glosser of the com- commission candlestick kids, fantasy football podcast. I say that every time when I'm on with you guys because they're both C's and it kills me. <laughs> Everybody else. I'm good to go. Sky TCK pod, the candlestick kids, fantasy football podcast. You can find us tckpod.com. We have a draft guide available. Still just five bucks. You can catch us. You can get some one-on-one coaching from our team and the commission boys who have actually volunteered also to be a part of our squad to help out the followers out there. So make sure to give the loves there. LandryFootball.com, Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Tomorrow we got tight ends. We're bringing on our boy Bobby from X Factor Fantasy Football. Excited to have a new guest on the program. Once again, I am Sky from the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. For the commission boys, Chris and Alex Benavides, and our lonely friend not available with us today, Lucas Kaser. We will catch you tomorrow. We are out of here. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.